0: Obesity is an epidemic, we all know that, but did you know that while 75% of people attempting weight loss are initially successful at dieting, less than 5% manage to maintain that weight loss for extended periods of time? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Dennis Gage. Dr. Gage is an endocrinologist with a subspecialty in metabolism and clinical nutrition, He is an attending physician at Lenox Hill Hospital and Beth Israel Medical Center and is a clinical instructor in medicine at NYU. Dr. Gage is the author of The Thinderella Syndrome and director of the Thinderella Lifestyle Change Program in New York City. Welcome to ReachMD.
1: Hi, Leslie. How are you?
0: I am good. Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, you're very welcome.
0: Now, Dr. Gage, why is it so hard for people to maintain their weight loss?
1: Well, I think, you know, the biggest problem with weight loss is not losing weight but in maintaining it. And the average patient who loses weight is in an environment that is basically not permitting them to maintain the weight off. In other words, a patient who goes on a diet doesn't think of it as a permanent lifestyle patterning change. They basically look at it as a faster I get the weight off, the better. They go on a diet and then they expect to be finished with it at a certain point.
0: So once I finish this diet, I can go back to normal?
1: That's the problem. Once I finish this diet, I can go back to normal. And normal for them means their, their previous lifestyle. I always have a statement for my patients that come in and I say, you know, you're not going to do a diet. You have to live the diet. You have to live the lifestyle change. Otherwise, you're going to set yourself up for this persistent yo-yoing that we see in America.
0: So what does the research show about people maintaining their weight loss?
1: It's a pretty dismal number. Even in the best of programs, at the end of a year, you'll see only 20% of patients maintaining their weight off, and 80% have already started to regain weight. In terms of people going up and down, we really think that the most important clinical picture in a weight loss program is not so much the initial weight loss, which I think most patients have lost weight, it's the adjusting the ability to maintain that weight off. So I'm not so much interested in the patient when they first lose the weight, although we do have a program that's very behaviorally structured. We do um, have motivators that get the patients excited about the weight loss. But we're much more excited about what happens to that patient one or two years down the road.
0: So helping them not keep losing the same 20, 30, 50 pounds.
1: Exactly. It's a revolving door. It's almost become a game. The fad diets get out there. They seem to become the most popular books and the most popular talked about things. Most of them are not a scientifically based program. It's interesting. If you look at some of the physician approaches, the more conservative, uh, appropriate approaches, they never have become very popular.
0: Right. Nobody wants to hear that.
1: Nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) You know, and what I call it is, I call it the Cinderella syndrome because the average patient that's going to lose weight is going to be excited about it when it's happening. They're going to then see the scale plateau out, and they're going to basically be excited until the weight starts to plateau out, get discouraged, and generally go off the diet. And what happens there is is that it's just like, you know, we get the word Cinderella as just like the Cinderella story. The pumpkin suddenly comes back and, you know, the stagecoach disappears and the fairy tale is over. And patients go through this revolving door where they keep on regaining.
0: Now, what does your program, the Cinderella program, what does that entail?
1: Our program is very interesting because the traditional part of the program is behaviorally oriented. And uh, Tom Wadden and a lot of other physicians have basically shown that behavior modification with intense follow-up for maintenance is still the, the most accurate, and the most successful way to maintain weight off in the long run. The only thing that ironically is more successful has been some of the obesity surgery procedures. That's kind of another topic in itself. But if you look at a behavioral program, you're looking at a 12 to 16 percent weight loss, which is very, very good. What we do with our patients is we train them in both cognitive techniques. We talk about um, very basic techniques, such as um, portion size, nutrition, eating slowly. And we get into the cognitive concept of sabotage, outside sabotage, be prepared to be sabotaged on the holidays, pre-plan. And probably four out of five of our patients start with a motivator. What a motivator is is meal replacement. And what's interesting is if you look at studies, if you look at not extremely low-calorie diets, but 1,000 to 1,400 meal replacement modular-type diets, with a behavioral program, seems to give the most bang for the buck and the most success.
0: So explain to me what meal replacement is. I'm not sure I understand that.
1: Meal replacement is, if you think about a typical meal, most of us have a food in front of us, and there's, there's almost an ad-lib serving situation, specifically with things like pasta and, and bread. Meal replacements are very modular. There's shakes, bars that are nutritionally sound, combined with things like fruit, salad, and we've even used things like healthy choice meals for dinner for some patients to basically give them a very structured portioned, kind of almost a guaranteed weight loss to begin with type diet. I I call it the water wings of weight loss. So our motivator is to get the patient feeling comfortable in the environment. And at the very beginning, we tell them that this is a temporary structured diet so that it gives you a few weeks to start doing your food records, to get used to the group, to get used to the clinicians, and then to start practicing the technique. So if you think of the child who is going to learn how to swim, we put them in water wing, in the deep water, and they feel comfortable, and they, because they're floating, they're not scared.
0: If you're just joining the discussion, you're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is endocrinologist and weight loss expert, Dr. Dennis Gage. So I think I get it. So you start off with this very structured, well, as you say, meal replacement, so they don't get to just eat what they have in their refrigerators in order to help them motivate, get some relatively quick weight loss while you're teaching them the tools for lifelong dietary change.
1: Exactly. So this is, I divide up the program into what I call the three R's of behavior mind. The first R, which is realization, is the first meeting with the patient. It's, the patient's usually going to go to their clinician either because they're aware that they have a problem and they want to address the obesity issue, or perhaps they've had a medical problem that's just been diagnosed, new onset diabetes, high cholesterol. That's kind of an aha moment for that patient because they realize that something has happened. And it's very important for the clinician to say, let me grab them, this patient now and get them involved in a lifestyle change program, not just get them on the medications and start hitting them with with uh, more and more medicine, but address the lifestyle. Don't be scared to have the patient talk to you a little bit, even if it's for one or two minutes, about lifestyle and whether they're willing to make the change. Because it's at the very moment that they have this aha moment, whether it's because they're newly diagnosed with something, or perhaps they're seeing you because they were in a little accident and saw you and come to see you and, you know, realize that they're just out of shape and they're coming to see you because they're asking for advice. And many physicians will jump right to the clinical problem. Oh, you have diabetes. I think I have to get you on metformin. They overemphasize targeted medications. I call it patchwork medicine and forget about the roots, which is lifestyle, which is so, so powerful.
0: Well, it's easier for us, too, just to prescribe a medicine and get the heck out of there, right?
1: Yeah, there's a time problem. You know, we clinicians, you know, we're pressured with HMOs and, you know, the cuts in medical costs and saving money. We're running around on roller skates. In my office, I have to have a couple of nutritionists because sometimes I just don't have the time to go through our program. But we we actually have a PowerPoint that's playing up front in the waiting room. So when patients are waiting for us, they get to see all these interesting lifestyle slides and pattern changes, very pictorial, easy to read. So they're kind of getting involved even before they see you.
0: That's a great idea. Certainly all of us in different specialties could use that technique.
1: I think it makes a big difference because the patient really understands what you're talking about.
0: Now, this behavioral work, do you do this individually or in group situations?
1: We do both. You know, statistically speaking, if you look at the literature, groups, do work better than one-on-one counseling even when the patient thinks that they want one-on-one you know I look at some of this data and I always wonder what comes first the chicken or the egg if you have the guts to come to a group it means that you're kind of more assertive than going to just one-on-one so you may be selecting out patients that are going to be more successful to begin with but the numbers are there people who come to group do food records and participate have a higher success in a behavioral program, even if they go one-on-one with their therapist. We do both. We don't eliminate the patient who can't make group. And one of the problems in New York is that patients have gotten so busy with work and home issues and, you know, communications and emails and voicemails that they literally have made lifestyle a very tertiary issue and they forget about it until something comes up. That's typically what happens.
0: Do you exploit that, though? Do you have any sort of electronic part of your program?
1: Yeah. Well, what happens is, is if you can imagine the patients coming in, they've gone through behavior mod. Let's say they lose 10% of their desired weight. They've lost a certain amount of weight. We have a Cinderella weight loss monitoring system, which we created software, and we're actually getting ready to beta test it soon. But what it is is it's an innovative computer-driven internet weight-tracking device. It allows us to communicate with the patient. And what I have is, very importantly, is the ability to define what I call a red alert number. A red alert number is a patient who has lost weight and who then goes beyond 3 to 5% regain in weight. So a patient who's gone from 200 to 150 pounds will have a red alert number of 157, that's about 5%, And between 150 and 156, I call that a buffer zone because you have to have a little leeway. Otherwise, you would constantly be going crazy looking at the scale. At 157, a red alert is hit, and our software is designed to basically tell the patient that they've hit the red alert. They get a pop-up on their screen. And I should mention that the way this works is the scale that we use has a Bluetooth. It's Bluetooth-enabled, which is a electronic communication method so that their computer doesn't have to be right in the bathroom where their scale is.
0: Oh, so scale, you mean a real scale, not a scale like
1: we use in research. Right. No, they're going to stand on this scale, and and essentially it's going to transmit this Bluetooth message, which our software then picks up. If they hit this 3 to 5%, and this is something that the clinician basically sets up. By the way, the clinician could be a nutritionist. The nice thing about this is it's a superb educational tool. Nutritioners can do this, the RD, the nurse, but the physician essentially, on the other end of the program, they're going to know what happens to the patient because when the patient goes on the internet, the software will automatically transmit the info so that I will immediately know that a patient has hit their red alert and I can say, i got to call that patient up and find out what's happening.
0: Well, I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. Dennis Gage. We have been discussing strategies on how to help patients maintain their weight loss. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.